Marvelous Monday afternoon, my beloved brothers and sisters. I take this time to welcome you once again to listen to the book. We do thank God for the opportunity we have today. Today's date is the 26th day of the month of April in the year of our Lord 2021. And God has been gracious to us. The psalmist, the psalmist David and Jeremiah the prophet tells us clearly it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Think about it, my brothers and sisters. We're here today because God has willed us, not because we're good or because we're worthy, but because he is faithful. And so I welcome you to this particular podcast. I'm thankful again to have with us this afternoon, our reader, our resident reader, and the person of Mrs. Precious S. Sturrup. And we thank God for her contribution to this particular production. So welcome as we come together today and turn our hearts and our attention to the Word of God, Isaiah chapter 3 and 4, as we continue in looking at some gems from the book of Isaiah. May God bless you as we continue our study today. Again, welcome back to listen to the book. The book is the Word of God. And as we continue, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 3 and 4, I will say to you today that this is a very, um, should I say, serious chapter. All the books in the Bible are serious, but this is a very um, pensive, I should say, and complementative chapter. It involves particularly a rebuke that God gives his people, especially, my dear sisters, hold your seat, this is a condemnation and a rebuke in chapter 3, to the women that are in the church of Zion, God has some very painful things to say. And it is true, God is expecting the women in his church to be humble and Christ-like. Because the devil continues the same plan from the beginning. Did you notice that when he came to tempt the, the holy pair, he didn't go to Adam. He directed his attention to Mother Eve, or she was in Mother at the time. But... He continues his same plan. My brothers and sisters, the devil doesn't have an original idea in his head. And he doesn't have to, because he's convinced that the same trick that worked over 6,000 years ago is still operational today. And for that reason, even the inspiration in the Word of God tells us that mothers have to be particularly careful how they deal and how they bring up their children. And even though it is the man's responsibility, to instruct the children in the way of God, it is the mother's highest responsibility to teach the children the way of truth. And so we're going to begin now in chapter 3 of the book of Isaiah. And now let's turn our ears and listen to the book. For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff, the whole stay of bread, and the whole stay of water. God is predicting here that he's going to deal with Jerusalem. Of course, this is not only actual, this is prophetic from Isaiah's time to our time. God is going to deal with Jerusalem. And Jerusalem here, in this context, is referring to the church of God. According to Isaiah chapter 2, Daniel chapter 9, Jerusalem, the city, is today the church of the living God. And my brothers and sisters, have no fear. It is true, notwithstanding what you might see, the only church of God on the earth today is the Seventh-day Adventist Church. That is the true church. All the other churches we know from Ezekiel chapter 4, 
they are false abominable churches there's only one true organization of God today on the earth and it came into existence in 1844 after that any church organization that came up I can tell you on the authority of God's Word has been rooted and birthed out of the Catholic Church whether it's the Zionist Church whether it is the um, Pentecostal Church the evangelical churches they are all connected and are children that came straight out of the papacy born in the epicenter of hell okay let's continue listening to the book the mighty man and the man of war the judge and the prophet and the prudent and the ancient the captain of fifty and the honorable man and the counselor and the cunning artificer and the eloquent orator and i will give children to be their princes notice god says he's going to give children to be their princess. Now what he's saying is that when children start to rule the country, you know the country or the nation is in trouble. So when the church is run by children, you know the church is in trouble. When the home is controlled by the children and the children are making the decisions in the home, then the whole thing is falling apart. Listen to the book. And babes shall rule over them, and the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient and the base against the honorable. This is one of the signs of the last days. The children shall behave themselves in a rude and undisciplined way. Romans chapter 1 tells us that this is one of the sins of the last days. Disobedience to parents. The children have no regard for their parents, whatever the cause, whatever the reason. And it's for that reason that God has put in the Ten Commandments, that fifth commandment that says, remember this honor your father and your mother that the days may be long if you disobey your parents you are in effect offending god because god is the original parent listen to the book when a man shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father saying thou hast clothing be thou our ruler and let this ruin be under thy hand in that day shall he swear saying i will not be a healer for in my house is neither bread nor clothing. Make me not a ruler of the people. For Jerusalem is ruined, and Judah is fallen, because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord, to provoke the eyes of his glory. This is what God is telling us today. Jerusalem and Judah are fallen. The church is in a sad state of deception. Ellen White tells us clearly, the church has turned her back from following Christ. If the church is not following Christ, who is she following? Can't be Hubert Minnis, can't be Donald Trump or Joe Biden. The church is following the devil. And God is condemning his people for not following Christ. Listen to the book. The shoe of their countenance doth witness against them, and they declare their sin as Sodom. They hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. They are comfortable with their sins. They are blatant with their sins. They're practicing high sinfulness in the church of God, among the people of God, and they are not sorry about it. They are happy to bring reproach on the name of God. Listen to the book. Say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked. It shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hand shall be given. As for my people, 
Children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. My brothers and sisters, God says, now think about this. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. God is saying, when the time comes and women are running the church of God, or even the home, the house of God, then that is the time when the church is no longer under God's direction and control. And think about it today. In all our churches, women are running the churches. There's nowhere in the Bible for God's provision for women to be an elder in the church of God. That is straight out of the papacy and the 501c3. And our beloved organization is trying its best to get the people of God away from God to follow the dictates and edicts of man. As for my people, says God, children are the oppressors, young people, and women rule over them. God is condemning his church for following this pattern. This is the way of the world. All the churches now, they have female pastors and female bishops. We have gay pastors and gay bishops. I listened to um, a, on a very popular television television evangelist today. And he said, oh, there's nothing wrong with the BGLGBTQXRIA. He said, once they love God, they can come to church. And if they're not comfortable with my church, they can form their own church. My brothers and sisters, God is displeased with the direction that his church is taking. And he says, mark this, wherever the church gets to a point in his life where children are the oppressors and women are ruling over them, God says, I am condemning that church. And it's sad to say we see this trend not only picking up, running over all the Adventist churches in this world. But listen to the book. All my people, they which lead thee, cause thee to err. Who's causing the people of God to go into trouble, to go to hell? It's the leaders. That's not what I say. That's not what Isaiah says. This is what God is saying. Oh, my people. What a lamentation. Oh, my people. They that lead thee, cause thee to err. They that are in leadership position are taking you to hell. And now we can understand why he said last week, we talked about Isaiah chapter 2. God says in the last verse of chapter 2, verse 22, stop trusting in man. When it comes to your soul's salvation, cease ye from man whose breath is in his nostril. Don't trust nobody with your salvation. God is here reiterating it again. They that lead thee. You want to know who's causing the church to go backward? To go back into hell? To run away from God? The leaders, according to the book of God. The leaders are leading the people of God back into bondage. Listen to the book. And destroy the ways of thy paths. The Lord standeth up to plead, and standeth to judge the people. The Lord will enter into judgment with the ancients of his people. The ancient there are the pastors, the elders, the leaders. God say, I'm going to judge them. I'm standing up to judge them. The judgment is set, my brothers. From 1844, we have been in the judgment message hour. Pretty soon, we're told we're going to go from the judgment of the dead into the living. The only way to make that is Ezekiel chapter 9. If our names are not in the book of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world, we will be slaughtered, according to Ezekiel chapter 9. Get our heads decapitated, cut off. So God is standing up to do what? To plead. He's pleading with the ancients. He's pleading with the pastors and the elders and the presidents. And he's saying, teach my people the truth. Let them know what's coming down. It's not peace and safety. It's going to be trouble from here on. But the people of God are 
blind, Revelation chapter 3, wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. My God, nothing is worse than being naked, walking around a place naked in a spiritual sense. Listen to the book. And the princes thereof, for ye have eaten up the vineyard. The spoil of the poor is in your houses. We're taking the people's tithe money and building big house and buying yachts. And people are having a hard time returning tithe. But the pastors and the leaders and the presidents are taking the people. God is condemning it, my brother. God, my sister, God is saying this is wrong. You've eaten up the spoil of my people. Listen to the question God is going to ask as he considers the state of the people. Listen to the book. What mean ye that ye beat my people to pieces? God is saying, what are you doing? What are you doing beating up my people, grinding their faces to the earth, putting oppression upon them, just taking their money, not feeding them the word of God. You're expecting them to pay tithe, return tithe, but you're not giving them the truth. God said, what mean ye? In other words, give an account. What are you doing? These are my people. I gave them to you to shelter, to shepherd. Why are you not feeding them? Why are you starving them and taking their money? What mean you, said the Lord? Listen to the book. What mean you that ye beat my people to pieces and grind the faces of the poor, saith the Lord God of hosts? Moreover, the Lord saith, because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with stretched forth necks and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go and making a tinkling with their feet. Therefore the Lord will smite with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion. My God, my sisters, this is especially for you. God has said, I'm singling out the daughters of Zion. That is every female in the house of God today. God says this is especially a condemnation. And when you read this chapter, this particular, these particular verses, it will seem like you're going to Macy's to do shopping. But God says, I'm going to send a special message of condemnation to the daughters of Zion. And he says, they walk up in church saying, look at me, look at my hat, look at my clothes, take special attention to me. God is saying, this is contrary to what the daughters of Zion should be doing, should be living. God is giving a condemnation to all the daughters of Zion, old and young. He says, I will smite them. They are haughty. They are arrogant. They are thinking about their own selves, not about God. Listen to the book. Therefore the Lord will smite with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret parts. Think about it. What is this God going to do? He's going to smite them with a scab and discover their what? Not their visible parts or their public parts. Their secret parts. I want you to think about that, my brothers and sisters. Read on, my sister. In that day, the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments about their feet. They don't become in the church looking like they're sporting around anymore. In that day, go on. And their calls and their round tires like the moon, the chains and the bracelets and the mufflers, the bonnets and the ornaments of the legs and the headbands and the tablets and the earrings, the rings and nose jewels the changeable suits of apparel, and the mantles, and, and the wimples, and the crisping pins, the glasses, and the fine linen, and the hoods, and the veils. And it shall come to pass, that instead of sweet smell, there shall be stink, and instead of a girdle of rent, and instead of, of well-said hair baldness, 
and instead of a stomacher, a girding of sackcloth, and burning instead of beauty. Thy men shall fall by the sword, and thy mighty in the war. And her gates shall lament and mourn, and she being desolate shall sit upon the ground. It looks like, if you read that list, it looks like um, somebody going shopping for jewelry at Macy's. And it's not that anything is wrong with bearing these things in and of themselves, at least some of these things, but God is sending a message here. He's saying whatever you're attached to, whatever you use, instead of converting your heart, humbling your heart to follow me, I'm going to at attack it, he said. And instead of sweetness, it's going to be stinkness. Instead of plenty here, he's saying, I'm going to make you boil. He said, I'm going to expose you, daughters of Zion. And it is true. Men tend to wonder after the woman. And it's for that reason God says throughout the scriptures that when women come to church, they ought to come in a particular way, dressed in a certain way, because God is very jealous about His glory. And women naturally have glory. And what is the glory of a woman? The Bible says the woman's hair is her glory. And so later down in life, in this time, in the podcast, we've come to chapter 11 of the book of 1 Corinthians, where Paul gives, I should say, strong admonition concerning how women should come to church because it is a serious problem in the sight of God. And so God is saying he's going to cause the, the church of God, the, the people of God, to be disrupted, to be confused, to be disorganized, and eventually to be destroyed because of their practices and their habits. But this chapter of chapter 3 is a continued chapter. It goes on to chapter 4, a very short chapter. And so without any further ado, Let's listen to what chapter 4 says. Still speaking about the women in Zion, chapter 4 begins by saying, listen to the book. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man. Seven women in that day, talking about women, in that day, the day that God is going to condemn his church, seven women shall take hold of one man. Seven in the Bible means perfect. Women represents churches. So God is telling us they're going to be all the churches. All the churches are going to take hold of one man. That means they're going to be identified with one man. And listen to what these women are going to say. Listen to what all the churches are going to say. Listen to the book. Saying, we will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. What does it mean to eat our own bread, wear our own apparel? Only let us be called by thy name. In other words, we will take your surname. You want to be identified. We will eat what we want to eat. That's the health message. We will wear what we want to hear, wear. That's the dress code message. We just want to be called Christians. I'm a Christian. I could eat anything though. I could drink a lick and smoke dope and eat conch and eat salty. But I just want to be called by your name. What kind of Christian? I'm an Adventist Christian or I'm a Baptist Christian. The Bible says that day God is going to say this is condemnation. Seven women. All the churches will take hold of one man. The one man there represents, in prophecy, Jesus Christ. The seven churches represent all the churches of the world. Don't you know that everybody's a Christian today? Everybody's a Christian. You have Christian homosexuals, Christian riches, Christian obey men, Christian voodoo men. They're taking hold of that same one name. And, and then they say, God has sent them. But listen to the book. In that day... Shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. Notice the first time we're reading this, it's a company of people who will escape from Israel. God said they're going to be beautiful 
and glorious. That means some people will not escape. He'd say to them that escape. My brothers and sisters, this is here giving us an early indication of the 144,000. Uh, Joel calls them those that escape the slaughter. Only those that are in the church today, only 144,000 will escape the slaughter. God has promised us in chapter 4 of Isaiah that those that escape, it will be beautiful and glorious in that time. Listen to the book. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in, in Jerusalem shall be called holy, even every one that is written among the living in Jerusalem. Is your name written in the book? Notice this. Only the holy ones will be written. Only the holy ones will remain. In other words, my brothers and sisters, whatever sin is in my life and your life, we have to let the grace of God, the Spirit of God, cut it out. We cannot make it to the kingdom with sin in our lives. We must make confession every day of our sins. Inspiration tells us clearly that the seal of God will not be placed on any impure man, woman, or child. If I have an evil thought in my heart, I cannot receive the seal. If I have an evil desire in my heart, I cannot receive the seal. God is a holy God, and He wants us to be holy, not just half holy or somewhat holy. He wants us to be completely, totally, perfectly holy. He says, but I am a holy God, and He wants us to be holy. Holiness is the opposite of sin. Sin is the opposite of holiness. And so if we are holy, that means there's no guile in our mouth. There's no sin in our lives. We will have come to a point of perfection in Christ. Not by doing any particular work, but by believing like Abraham did. And God will give us the grace to be faithful. And the Bible says we will get to the point in, the eyes, in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says, chapter 7, Jesus says that there is going to be people who are going to be like God. He says, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Let's listen to the remainder of this chapter. Listen to the book. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment, and by the spirit of burning, and the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion, and upon her assemblies, a cloud and smoke by day, and the shining of a flaming fire by night, for upon all the glory shall be a defense. And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime of the heat, and for a place of refuge, and for a covered from storm and from rain. Amen. God is offering us peace, protection, and deliverance, my brothers and sisters. I trust, I pray that you and I today would take advantage of this offer. The only thing we have to pay is attention. God wants us to be saved. He sent His Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for that very purpose to save us from our sins. Matthew chapter um, 1 and verse 22 says, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall do what? He shall save his people from their sins. Not in their sins. God can't save us in our sins. But he can save us from our sins. He will deliver us from our sins. If you're saving somebody who's drowning, you don't go and, and save them in the water. You have to pull them out of the water to save them. And likewise, Jesus has come to save us from our sins. Many people teach that Jesus can save you whilst you're still in sin. You can't be saved in sin. Sin and salvation are oxymoronic. They are diametrically opposed one to the other. Either you are in sin or you are in salvation. You and I have to decide. I trust that you would purpose in your heart today 
and determined in your mind to be saved from sin by the grace of God. The grace of God is able to save us all. The Bible tells us clearly that the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that how many? All of us should come to repentance. I trust you will be in the all. May God bless you as you continue to study the book and listen to the book. Amen.